0: Well, tonight I have Teo Conda from Fuel Christian Church coming on the line with me to talk about how he fell in love with Jesus, what he's doing to engage and teach the body of Christ the gospel, and how we can keep intimacy going in our relationship with Jesus. Teo, thank you so much for joining the Drake podcast show. Where does your story first start off, mate?
1: My story first started at home. And so I grew up in a family with uh, four boys. So I had three older brothers. And, you know, in my household, the. We weren't following Jesus. No one, my parents weren't following Jesus. I grew up in Sydney and uh, initially lived in a place called King's Cross. I don't know if you've heard of that place. I
0: know that place well. um, Yep.
1: And that, you know, at the time um, in the 90s, it was pretty rough and it was quite crazy. uh, So it wasn't the ideal place for uh, a young person to go up. But so what we found around us was a a lot of drugs and alcohol and and uh, my brothers got into it, and you know, not only taking drugs but also making money from drugs. And so I followed suit. And I uh, promised my mum at the start that I wouldn't uh, become like him and that I would follow a different path, and I wouldn't get involved with alcohol or all that kind of stuff. That I ended up becoming the worst out of all my brothers. And uh, just growing up, having a lot of brokenness, and you know, suffering from depression, and never seeing hope in my future, and. And never knowing a God or a hope. And so living like this for many years, it, it, I found my life spiraling downward. And yeah. I could, uh, I could honestly say, say to you that I was more than happy to take my own life. And I found myself um, in an addiction with uh, illicit substances and alcoholism and, and so forth. And, uh, almost at one of the lowest points of my life, I found myself with no hope in my heart. I received a phone call from my brother and he says, uh, KO, uh, just letting you know that the father that you barely even know is at the hospital right now and you need to go say your last advice to him. And so I go and see him and I see that he's taken too many substances and his body cannot deal with the pressure of that. And I see him on a bed looking very fragile with all these wires connected to his body and uh, get to kind of know him in that moment, you know, asking some questions because I didn't really know him growing up. All I remember of him was, you know, him getting drunk every night. And uh, I find myself holding him in my arms. And, you know, I didn't feel a connection. I didn't feel any intimacy or any closeness uh, with him. But as I hold him in my arms, he looks at me and he says, "Teo, hey, no matter what you do, follow Jesus. And then he dies in my arms. And you know I'm going through this crazy crisis in my life, and it was the last thing that I needed, and and it was very traumatic, especially as a teenager going through that. And so what you know stumped me was that statement: "No matter what you do, follow Jesus." He knew that I was in a rut. He knew that I was going through court cases. You know I had been in an incident that went on the local paper, yeah. where I had com- committed a crime, where it became public, and it got taken to the court, and uh, that I was looking at doing eight years in prison. Oh, wow. But, Eight
0: years. Man, that's some yeah, serious
1: time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, I kid you not, I felt a whisper in my heart, even though I never you know, confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I didn't grow up in a Christian household. I felt a whisper in my heart say to me, ring up Constable Stephen, ring up the police officer that you, that you hurt very badly and apologize to him. So I went to the uh, police station and I looked for this guy's number and I couldn't find it anywhere. They wouldn't give me any access to him. And all of a sudden I find a lady who's a police officer who says, Look, I'll call him and then, you know, put him on loudspeaker and you can talk to him via that way. And so I'm speaking with the guy that I've assaulted. Oh, He's uh, you know, oh, a, 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 a high ranking police officer. Wow. And I just say to him, Look, mate, I am very sorry for what I did the other night. I was under the influence of substances and alcohol and I have no control of my body and I do take full responsibility for my actions but I barely remember what happened. And I really want to help young people because, you know, this is the stuff that I've been through. So I told him about what happened with myself and with my father and the trauma that I experienced as a kid and, and I told him that I was sorry that I wanted to study psychology to help young people. Yeah. And uh he, he says to me, Dom, he says that you are the scum of the earth and people like you don't deserve to be in the in the world. And so he hangs up the phone on me. Mm. And, you know, for the first time I, I find myself praying to God and I say, God, if you can deliver me from this situation, then I'll serve you. And I kid you not, in the middle of the court case, um, even though he's my prosecutor, even though he's the one that initiated it, uh, Constable Stevens stands up and says to the judge, he says, Your Honour, I just want to close this case because I feel like Taylor's got a future. He called me up and he apologised. He's a young man. He's got a bright future. He really wants to help young people that are going down the wrong path. I honestly think we should give him a, a chance. Oh, and the judge wow. was bewildered because the judge said, mate, you're the one that set this, this up. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs>
0: He's the <a> DPP. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's exactly wow. right. And so all of a sudden, the, the case was closed. I was given 24 months of behavior bond. Come on. Um, that is so I was, cool. Uh, I did 12-month anger management under the supervision of – Um, the government and also a hefty fine. So I was set free from that, from that eight years imprisonment miraculously. And you know, I didn't even look at that and go, God, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I, even though I kind of knew that was God, I still hardened my heart because I was so traumatized as a young person. I, I hated the world and I hated myself. And so I found myself in a pit of disaster, mm. and my mom was like, you need to leave my house. And so she was like my comfort. She was my protector. She was my everything. She was my dad now. You know, she was my confidant. She was my encourager. And all of a sudden, I, I had to leave. And so as a young man, I decided to get on a plane and go to Japan, of all places. And that's the motherland that's where my parents originated, from Japan. Yeah. And so... In Japan, I meet a group of guys, and it's a ministry organization called Youth with a Mission, and um, and it seems like everywhere I go, that I bump into them at the corner store, you know, at the <laughs> duty free, duty free shop, you know, um, wherever I go, at the restaurant, at the cafe, they're just there, in a country town in Japan, in the middle of nowhere.
0: Tayo, are we talking about YWAM or a different Youth with a Mission?
1: What y- YWAM? Yeah,
0: yeah, so YWAM is such a You know, first name basis for so many households, right? And I love what you're saying. I just want to interject real quick and let you continue your phenomenal testimony of Christ's redemptive love in your life as a young teenager who, like me at the time, didn't have a good fatherly role model and definitely didn't know his father who are in heaven. And what's so beautiful about your story is that I ended up being in the King's Cross scene for a while too in my early 20s, would you believe? And my dad wow. who was doing a lot of drugs and a lot of work at the time as much as I can say at this point of time because there is a current case. Um was so impeding on my character being developed and formed in Jesus Christ. And so much so, I actually looked down the barrel of looking at a pretty hefty sentence myself for some pretty silly behavior at the time uh, with a woman. And um, obviously, I've repented of my sins since, and I wish her and her family all the best. But man, situationally, the devil can just take pride and place in our lives if we don't have solid discernment and faith and uh, as you saw god. there was a, a a behavior that went very much against that prosecutor at the time that sergeant and that you uh, assaulted quite heavily you know god can go against yeah. the grain uh, against the current situation we might be facing whether that be prison or a firing squad it doesn't have to be as drastic as it may be for Tayo and myself for you to know the power of god within but um continue ah. your story brother
1: yeah, yeah, and you know, I just continue to experience the grace of God because I didn't deserve God. I didn't feel like I did at all, and I didn't actually, you know, I, I had an opportunity to follow him, but I refused, and the crazy thing is, even though I wasn't chasing him, I knew he was chasing me, and it became very evident that God was pursuing me, and there was nothing I could really do about it, in a good way. I never felt controlled by it, or I never felt pressured, but I knew that his love was chasing me down. And so I'd see these YWAMers everywhere I go, and they invited me to a church service. And the, the Spirit of God impacts me so powerfully wow. that I go I go home that day after that church service, and I repent, and I make a decision to follow Jesus. And on that night, I felt like a million kilograms lift off my shoulders. Mm. You know, I, I, the next day I tried to take drugs, I tried to even though it's a six-year uh, prison sentence immediately if you take drugs in Japan I had oh, drugs right. on me that, yeah I had I didn't care about the law back then yeah and so I was ruthless I became ruthless um and so all of a sudden I find myself trying to smoke cigarettes trying to get drunk and I just could not I was not affected by it anymore and it did and honestly every cigarette every joint every the alcohol. <laughs> It, it tasted disgusting in my heart, yeah, yeah. In, my, in my mouth, and it felt wrong in my heart. And I was, I was bewildered, and my friends thought I was going crazy. And all of a sudden, I, I I really recognized that God wanted me to choose a different lifestyle, and he had a better tomorrow than my past. And uh, I discovered very quickly that his goodness was chasing me down. And, wow. you know, after. After that, the first year I gave my life to Christ, um, God spoke to me prophetically, and he said that you're going to be a pastor. And so, you know, a few years after that, I found myself in a role as a pastor of a church. And um, and then a little bit after that, I'm traveling Australia, sharing my testimony, sharing the goodness of God right across the country. And, you know, it's crazy because the guys in YWAM in Japan prophesied before I was even Christian that I would carry the message of Jesus right across the nation and beyond. And since then, I've had opportunities even overseas and globally to share the the gospel message. And it's amazing that you only find um, alignment with destiny when you kiss truth with your life. And so when when I align myself to God's ways, to his words and to his will, I found that there was breakthrough and I found purpose in following Jesus.
0: Man. That is quite a testimony, bro. I was actually watching your video um, yesterday and was so impacted just hearing about that whole like that. I guess that plastic gangster kind of lifestyle with drugs, sex, and rock and roll yeah. all around us, and just thinking, well, what culture and news says at the time, you know, I got I got to conform, otherwise I'll get left behind. That constant fear that was obviously entrenched at a young age for you and for me personally of just not having solid identity, not having our roots deeply grounded in the Father's heart. And I think that this is the crisis, the real pandemic today is the heart. The heartlessness the callousness of the lawless man and the the poor role models around us in families and marriages respectfully and what's so beautiful is I already know in my heart of hearts and God just gave me this clarity today about how to say this is that you and Lucy are those powerhouse couples in church life um, you know respectfully trying to to raise your kids right trying to give them what your old man my old man could never give them and it's so beautiful to celebrate that with you as I do so many other couples around me that have already shared their story on the Drake Podcast Show. So, bro, tell me a little bit more about Fuel Ministries, obviously up there in Queensland, and also just your experience of depositing and sowing and imparting the gospel into other churches and ministries.
1: Yeah. So in terms of um, Fuel Christian Church in Brisbane, uh, prior to that, Lucy and I were serving on the executive team at Life Unlimited Church. Um, under Pastor Sean Linda Stanton in Canberra. Mm-hmm. And it became very evident um through prayer and through prophecy that, you know, I'd have random friends across Australia call me up and message me and say, look, you know, it's time to pack your bags. Transition is at hand and, and things like you're going to move up north and you're going to move to a Sunshine State and things like that. And so it became very clear that transition was uh, at hand. And so, you know, in obedience, we just, started to pack up our house and to get ready to go. And obviously we spoke to our pastors because we always want to, we so believe in honouring your senior pastors. And so we did the best we could to keep that relationship really beautiful and really sweet. And we are still very close today, even closer than we were before, which is so wonderful. Um, But yeah, so we moved to Brisbane and we've been here for about four, uh, like we've been leading the church for about four months now. And honestly, it's, it's just amazing to see what God has done because God is bringing the right people to the church. And and there's honestly like what I've seen, um, happen as we've overtaken the church is that, um, I've seen God's grace at every corner and there are certain people that are, are aligning themselves to us and we're just joining together. And people are literally like being, you know, senior pastors who are um feeling called to serve the vision of the church here. and um so right now currently we have six senior pastors that are you know on our team, and um it's amazing to see because God is bringing the right people at the right time, and I'm feeling so stirred because I feel like God is about to move and I sense there's a revival that is stirring up in this mm-hmm. country, and I'm so grateful that I can play a part of that.
0: man, we definitely carry. A father's heart, don't we? And it's kind of funny, you the least person that you would expect would be yourself when you've had such a tattered upbringing and a rough experience of like, what is love? What is love, you know, in a healthy sense between my own father here mm. on earth? But then to try and piece that together and be made whole again from absolutely nothing, as you were told, as those curses and words were spoken over you that was so powerful at the time as a young man, a young offender, Mm. you know, you're the scum of the earth. I I recall a story one night where a cop at Redfin was calling me the scum of the earth and actually naming my crime to everybody in the police station while I was in the cell. And you know what, man? It absolutely shattered me as a human being, but it just made me Mm. more determined than ever to prove that system wrong, to prove the system that... Not every man and, and, and woman that comes into their care is going to go out a hardened criminal, that they can actually yeah. change. And that with the help and grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ in us, man, any mountain can move at the at the name at, at the name above every other name, Jesus. And that's what I had to do. I had to go through that generational process of just cutting off any unhealthy ties. I mean, I even had to cut off my own sister at one point because it was so toxic when they were pushing Freemasonry and Catholicism in a very religious and in you know primary sense onto me. And I just wanted to get to know who Jesus was as a father for myself. And it took many years is my friend and uh, we actually have a mutual friend in common and a beautiful passer by the name of Tim Biazetto. now Tim and Milani, if you're listening <laughs> boy oh boy have we got some stories at shy Life days <laughs> under your youth but man I'm just so thankful to people like that and Michelle at you know the PCYC at Sutherland and so many other people that I could name but I couldn't really do it justice so I'll stop there continue your story
1: uh, yeah, and um I forgot where I
0: was up to. <laughs> I love when Holy Spirit just takes the wheel and you're like, Bro, this is better than any drug because God is love and it's an eternally lasting yeah. thing, not like substance, alcohol, oh. women, sex, money, power. You know, we could just chase that for the rest of our lives till we're in the grave, but It's just so fulfilling to lift up other people and to love people exactly where they're at because God, my friend, is not finished. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with Lucy. He's not finished with myself. He's not even finished with Tim and Milani and their awesome growing family. We are just getting started. I can't even imagine what eternity is going to look like if we thought that this was all Jesus had for us. There is an abundance. There is an abundance coming with his harvest this season. I truly Really believe that and in oh, fact i speak so that sure. over your church ministry respectfully today just believing for so many souls mm. to be harvested for jesus christ our king mm. and for the church to grow organically and authentically uh for whatever else lays ahead in 2021 in jesus name thank
1: you lord thank you lord no it's such exciting days you're absolutely right tom white you No, know, god even loves police of the, of the you know of us yeah. and you know, as I said before, I just, I didn't feel worthy, you know, to, to lead God's people or to, you know, to uh, even lead a church at times. But it's not, you know, our qualifications that allow us, you know, uh, anointed or called or appointed. It's definitely yeah. the grace of God that paves the way for us and, and he'll do what he wants with our lives. And I'm just so grateful that he's got a second chance, more than a second chance every single person. And uh, yeah, even if there's people that are listening that have struggled with addiction or struggle with depression or if you suffer from grief, where you're like similar to myself, I had my father die in my arms as I was a teenager. Mm. God is the one that helps us to overcome. God is the one who's got supernatural power and ability to turn our lives around. And whatever the enemy meant for harm, God will use it for good in our life. God will turn everything around for our benefit and for His glory according to His grace. And I love that no matter where we're at, no matter what we've done, we don't have to let our past dictate our future, but we can let His grace grace determine our destiny. And, you know, He's so powerful, but He's also so graceful at the same time. And I'm just so grateful that He is a God of love. It's powerful.
0: That's right. And I love what Song of Solomon 2.10 says, talking about running away with God. You know, taking on that radical call, the action to love the father. I just I love it. It says my beloved speaks and says to me, Arise my love, my beautiful one and come away with me. It's like that is just a it's just an alternate Ending. It's the happy ending that God always had for Mm. us in his destiny with him. But without him, Mm. it ain't possible. In the natural, people think you're crazy. There's a pandemic going on, Dom. There's divorces happening in an all time high if you look at all the Bureau statistics currently. And Mm. Christianity, as we know it, is falling in Australia after the recent ABS statistics came through and said I think it was like under 20% actually go to church and less than that even in the church read the Bible today. I just want to call it out for what it is. That is baloney. So many people are awakening to the realization that knowing Mm -hmm. the word of God, Jesus, is so darn important in the times we're going into, bro. We need to know our Bible because the devil knows it and his demons know it. Even Legion thinks, oh, well, I'll just diddy-daddle around the truth and expose some things but never, ever go completely into the light source, which is Jesus, Mm -hmm. then you are following a counterfeit belief system about yourself. And God wants to set you free today. In fact, maybe on the line today, you're really struggling and you're on the fence about trusting Jesus entirely and dying to yourself today. I want to tell you, it ain't going to be easy. I've been trying to get to know him for the last 15 years with a lot of, you know, backsliding situations in that time. You are never, ever, ever too far from his grace. In fact, nobody can ever fall from his grace. I don't believe so. Because that would just contradict why Jesus Christ of Nazareth died on the cross in the first place, wouldn't it?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I I love what you said, Dom, you know, in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 10, how God encourages us to run away with him. and, And I find that his purpose is found in his presence. And as we encounter God, he leads us towards a destination. And I love it how it says in the verse after that, in verse 11 of from the Solomon, chapter 2, it says, See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone. And not only does God want us to run away with Him, but He's going to take us to places that we've never have dreamt of, never have imagined, never have thought of. You know, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it talks about that He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what we could ever think or imagine. And I just believe that, people really run away with God as people get on their knees and as people surrender their life to Jesus then God is going to take them to a destination that is going to, that is going to overwhelm them God is about to overwhelm people with blessing but blessing and breakthrough only comes through obedience and I just really sense that there are people that, that are listening to our voice song that, that need a breakthrough, they need a blessing in their life and I believe that the key is obedience As we're obedient to the Father, as we're obedient to follow Jesus, no matter where he takes us, there's going to be breakthrough and there's going to be blessing at every turn.
0: I love it, bro. And to go with those beautiful passages of Scripture, Zephaniah 317 really stood out before we jumped on the line today to have a chat. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you. So I believe that with his love, he's going to give you eternal peace. He will exalt over you with loud singing. So there is a real... Massive party going on right now in heaven If you think there's a party going on here right now For each birthday that you turn another digit Then you've got another thing coming There is such a banquet being prepared for us In the Lamb's Book of Life I can't wait for that day But for the time being We've got to try and live as best and steady as we can and prepare for that faithful day Because I don't know about you But I gave my life to Jesus Many, many times And it didn't feel like an altar call Like you might think an altar call looks like at the church It was actually an altar call of the heart And today, if anybody wow. can resonate with what I'm saying right now On my humble little show then maybe we could do an altar call that gets down and serious and dirty in the mud floor of heaven when you might feel like you're stuck at right now, but God wants you to go to the third level with Him. He wants you to go leaps and bounds with Him. He wants you to experience true freedom and grace that He's offered through the prize on the cross. So right now, I want you to repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you that today I have the opportunity to have another breath. Lord, this is not a mistake. This is not even a mere coincidence that me and Tao are able to talk about our testimony a little bit with all of you today, that this story was for me to listen to, to take heed to, and to believe that there truly is hope outside that window. There is more for me, and that more that you have for me can come into me today if all I ask is one thing, Jesus. Are you forgiving for my sins today? And wash me white as snow I am forgiven I am a son or I am a daughter And today Lord, this day onwards I trust in you And I am no longer my past In Jesus name Amen, amen So good If anybody really heard from God In saying that prayer with us today We'd love to send out a little bit of a, a, a Get started pack I'd love to organize something from our local Koorong. I don't know what it's like in Queensland, depending on who makes contact with us first, but we're not going to leave it there. If you're not planted in a church, it'd be so good to get you either at Fuel Christian Church or my church, which is GGC Life at Five Dock, but I'm not going to name names. It's all up to Holy Spirit at the end of the day where He wants you to call home. So... Get in touch below at The Drake Podcast Show for all my social media platforms or just continue listening and um, send me an email through my Spotify or Apple Podcasts today. All right, back to the show.
1: So good. And you know what I love about this? What I love about it, Dom, is that it's never too late. It's never too late to make a decision for Christ. You know, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Now is the time for salvation. And, and as I held my father in my arms in the, in the hospital, you know, he was, it was his last day to breathe. And um, he made a decision to follow Jesus at, at the day before he died. And, and that just shows us that it's never too late. Like I was even confused because I knew that he was not a Christian mm. before going to hospital. And so I asked the nurses, like, what happened? Why is he, you know, confessing Jesus as his Lord and Savior? Why is he softened? Why is he weeping? Why is he telling me to follow Jesus no matter what I do? And the lady at the hospital, the nurse said to me that there was a chaplain that walked through and started to pray with people. And uh, my father was the last person that she prayed with. She was a hospital chaplain. Wow. And my father with tears in his eyes. Said the sinner's prayer, that same prayer that wow. people prayed today. And you know what? It is never too late. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of salvation. And I love it that the gospel can reach you no matter what time of day it is, no matter what we've been through, no matter what we're going through, no, no matter if we're going to make a mistake tomorrow, the gospel has got us. They, the Gospel has got us. it's so powerful, and so much.
0: Come on. Over to a question I've been dying to ask you around biblical intimacy. Yeah. how do we see marriages and relationships thrive again in the church, tayo?
1: Yeah, I honestly, for me personally, this is what i I tell our church and this is what I've you know um, shared over and over and over again with pastors, whether it be a pastor or regional meeting where we gather many pastors together. I say this over and over again, your first ministry is at home. Your first ministry isn't the church building. Your first ministry isn't, um, you know, how much offering you get in your tithes. Your first ministry isn't how well you preach. Your first ministry isn't how, you know, powerfully you pray on a Sunday morning. Your first ministry starts at home. And I just believe that as we prioritize our, our children, if you've got children, or the ones that God has put closest to us, You know, under our care, if we can steward that well, and it's all about stewarding what he's given us, if we can steward our marriage as well, or if we can do the best we can to to serve our wives, to serve our husbands, to uphold them, to encourage them. I believe that ministry will go so far because what we've done is we've said, God, I am a good steward of what you have given me. And I'm never going to take that for granted, but I'm always going to want to move forward and grow in being a good steward in what you've entrusted to me. And I believe that as we can uh, steward a family well, then I believe that God will allow us to steward a church well. And I've always believed that That my wife, my marriage, my children, me being a father, it is my first ministry. And I, I suppose growing up with a dad, not not really talking to him at all, or not really knowing him or rarely even seeing him, it taught me very quickly that we need to prioritize our loved ones because it brought so much pain to my heart not knowing I'm not feeling attached or emotionally attached to my father. But now I look at my children and I'm so grateful for them. And if there's anything that my father taught me, was it was to be a good dad. And so I took a negative and turned it around on its head and made it a positive. And instead of being bitter towards my father, I've chosen to forgive. I've chosen to love and let go. And, you know, because our future is... It's too important to look at our past. And so I've just taken every negative in my life and turned it into a positive by valuing the ones that God has put right in front of me.
0: Wow. So that kingdom culture, isn't it? It's stepping up the bar when it really hurts and there is sacrifice involved to love that person. And what greater a time than someone being on their deathbed coming to the realization that they are not in control of their life. I saw the same thing occur with my beautiful late grandmother, uh, Margaret, who I really believe has gone over to the heavenlies with God because there was just these few short changes in her where I could just see God softens the heart. He softens the heart when fear is in the room. When, yeah. when there is fear, there is more reason for us to need him. When we are running out yeah. of options and we're literally looking down, you know, a matter of life or death for, for people who may be in a terminally ill situation, what better a time to hold on to anchor of hope for our souls and for our own well-being's sake eternally. We will either be damned or we'll be blessed. And what I love is that you blessed Mm. your father in that 13th hour. You blessed him instead of holding on to that bitterness. And see, for Mm. me, for many years, I held on to bitterness towards my father, towards many other members of my family that abused me and did not believe the best for me. And see, the church becomes that family, that adopted sonship, mm-hmm. you know, that that central place of a changed culture and healthy environment where we are encouraged to be fruitful and to flourish. And we never, ever want to hold on to bitterness because you can bring it in, but the body will detect it. Because the great thing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that one might be a prophet, the other might be a discerner, the other one might interpret speaking in tongues, the other one might speak in tongues, and others teachers, evangelists. Preachers and so on and so forth, and I just love that we all make a difference in our house, and that's where it starts. Mm. Love, yeah, people, love God, see life's changed.
1: I love it, it's so awesome! It's so awesome, but just I don't think it's easy to forgive, no, you know, even though I said, Look, you know, I forgive forgive my father, it was a journey and it was a process for me, Mm. and um, you know. Even though the Book of Hebrews, chapter eight, I think it's verse twelve, it says, "For I'll forgive their wickedness and remember um, their sins no more." And you know, but the thing with God is, He's able to forget our sins, which is, you know, only He's able to do that. He's so powerful that He chooses to forgive and to forget our sins. And but the difficulty with my journey was that I wasn't able to forget the things that people had done to me. And so I think that, you know, is shared right across humanity that we can choose to forgive, but sometimes it's hard because we still don't forget. And so because we remember the things that people have done, then it's a journey and it's a process and it's a continually walking in a decision and a commitment to follow Jesus. And the outcome of that is we choose to lay it down. We choose to forgive. We choose to not remember the wrongs of what people have done and it's a constant journey, but as we step into that and we choose to be committed to a lifestyle of forgiveness, I believe that it just sets us free. I believe that life is only gonna get better as you choose to forgive and to let go. But we don't forget what we do forgive.
0: I love that. And what a better what a better way. Wow, my internet just came back on. Sorry, one sec. Alexa just started to listen to that conversation. Hopefully AI can be saved in another life. But um, what's awesome about love and, and what we're talking about today, at the Last Supper, this image of Jesus being with his disciples before, he's about to be slayed on a cross by Romans who absolutely mm. hated him, cursed his name the, the moment they found out he was born in Bethlehem. I love that. He just loved those people. He loved the enemies. He loved the people that were wow. keeping watch while they waited for him and his predecessors to pass away on that cross. And this is a great question for a, a pastor but also a brother today, a fellow brother. Tayo. Huh, what's the hardest thing about having to love your enemy?
1: I think one of the hardest things in regards to loving our enemy is, like what I said before, It's we remember all the things and, you know, the analogy of like a potato. Um, where does the potato go? If a potato is, you know, uh, say a metaphorical term for a sin or something that has caused offence in our hearts. Say, for example, every time someone defends us or someone, every time someone does wrong to us, it's like a potato goes in our sack. Mm. And we carry around a sack on our backs, every single one of us. And every single time we choose not to forgive, it's like putting another potato in our sack. And after a while, what happens is we get weighed down. We get weighed down by offense. We get weighed down by unforgiveness. And offense becomes a stumbling block for us because it weighs us down. And and the power of uh, forgiving, even though we don't forget, is that we set ourselves free by doing that. You know, we're weighed down by the sins of the world. We're weighed down by the imperfection of life and by the corruption of the world, but we have an ability to choose freedom and that is through forgiveness. And sometimes it's so hard because we have those memories in our head of something someone said or something someone did or the trauma of our life. And even for myself as a child experiencing trauma after trauma. I have chosen to lay it down at the foot of the cross and say, God, it's so hard to do this because I want to hold on to this. It's my will to hold on to this. My agenda is to hold on to this. And I want to punish the people that hurt me. But God's will and God's agenda is to love and to forgive. And as I submit my life to God, that is the hardest thing to do, to submit my will. And, you know, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane it was the most difficult prayer he prayed, I believe, because it was saying, I lay my entire life down, and the cup of wrath that I don't want to drink, I will drink it because it is your will. And often at times, it is just submitting to God, and it's just laying our agendas and our will and our motives down for his glory, for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done on uh-huh. earth as it is in heaven, means to surrender our own agenda, and that's so difficult. It's
0: just crazy. It's just like, I love my enemies to the point I'm even willing to die a martyr for what I know is right. Like that is such a prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane to kind of, you know, kind of like elaborate on what you were saying in my interpretation Mm. of it anyway. It's just like I literally will die for my enemies because you would die for them first, God. It's like that's just such an overwhelming unattainable, unachievable type of love that through the father it's, it's second nature. It's a skin to him. It's grafted to his heart, our hearts and those enemies hearts, those police that have said horrible things, those criminals out there in the big wide jungle have said or threatened or, or put our lives through. And for me, I was involved in a home invasion and a whole bunch more, which you'll get to hear in a week's time on our TV show, respectfully. Um, It's just like my heart is grafted to your heart, God, so graft their burdens, therefore, to your heart so I no longer have to carry that potato sack of baggage. It's not mine to carry. Those strongholds, tear them down as a body. Come on. But to take it down yourself, are you insane, man? We do have to remember that we're not Jesus and that we have our limits and resting and boundaries are also being very, very loving, not just to ourselves but to the wider family out there. As I'm sure you could relate to being a father of many and a husband.
1: Wow! Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely, it's the only way that, to live, I believe. Mm. It's just to surrender our lives, to submit to Christ, and let His love flow through us. And that's the way we're going to change the world, not by pointing the finger, or not by you know thinking that God is mad at us because He's not mad at us; He's madly in love with us. And <laughs> I just, I, I just love it how God is so good. And uh, he knows we're going to make mistakes, but yet he catches us. And if we fall, we only fall in the palm of his hand. And he's such a good guy.
0: I love that song by Bethel Music that I actually shared to do a little you know, post before our chat today about how he can do it. And you can't tell me that he can't do it. You know, you can (laughs) see cancer disappear. You can see mental health resolved. You can see families restored. You can see breakthrough financially and spiritually. The Holy Spirit is burning right now for the opportunity of a lifetime for you to say, yes, Lord, I will send me. I will go. Man, it's a dangerous prayer. It's a beautiful prayer, though, and it's one that many people I've spoken to lately aren't willing to fess up and surrender over all of their flesh. It's like, no, no, no. Lord, you can have control of 80% or 30%, but don't mess with lust. Don't mess with my creature Uh, comforts. Don't mess with my piggy bank, you know, with all those hundreds and squillions of dollars because I'll give, but I'll only give what I feel comfortable to give. He Man, would rather, wow. friend, you hold on to all your money if you're feeling stingy and not ready. Man. He doesn't want you to feel obliged. He wants you to want his love. So Man. is there anything you would like to say and leave and speak and impart over my viewers
1: before we end the call, bro? Yeah, I just think you know, don't let your past dictate the future. But always allow the grace of God to define your destiny, and sometimes allowing God's grace to do whatever it wants to in our lives it, it it involves surrender, and so surrendering our life and that causes us to step into a realm of obedience. A life that is obedient to God will always see open doors of blessing and breakthrough in our lives, and our lives can be utterly transformed. That only by the power and the presence of God. And that's the that's the last statement I wanted to leave with everybody, just to know that the power of God can change your situation, can turn your life around and propel you to your God-given purpose as you obey God, surrender your life to His, align your life to His will. In Jesus' name.
0: Beautiful parting words, Pastor Tao. Thank you again for being really willing and vulnerable about this subject that so many of my viewers are going to benefit from, not just here in the physical but also in the spiritual. Thanks so much for joining us for Season 2, Episode 4, with myself, Dom K., your host for this evening, and drumroll please, the Senior Pastor and Founder of Teoconda Ministries and Fuel Christian Church in Brisbane. Good night. If you missed last week's episode, then head over to iHeartRadio and Spotify to catch up on them now. Now, for some family business, I have some big news to share with all of you. And to be on the safe side, you might need to be seated for the next announcement. Ready? The Drake Podcast Show is heading over to Apple Podcast Subscriptions. So, for all of you wanting to listen to bonus members-only content, including hilarious outtakes and fast track premiere episodes of this show, you will need to sign up to my annual subscription box today. Click on the Apple podcast link in the episode description to get started. To everyone else, good night.